Meteorological Monday, Science Wednesday, and Open Line Friday. There's only one place in the universe. Welcome to the Weather Jazz Podcast. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 304 for Monday, March 7th, 2022. And we are right on the precipice of some big changes here in the Ohio Valley. If you're listening from another part of the globe or another part of the USA, uh, perhaps you too are seeing some changes and maybe in the opposite direction. But over the weekend, we had high temperatures that went up to 70 on Saturday. That was a little toastier than expected. But I'll tell you what, as an on-camera meteorologist, in the springtime, if you go above a temperature that you forecasted they are all bonus degrees and nobody grumbles indeed it was a great saturday sunday we had a high temperature of 71 which was only three degrees away from the record 74 degrees set back in 1971 for the date but we did tell everybody enjoy it because changes would come monday here we are monday cold front moved through And we're much, much closer to the normal, which would be around 40 plus or minus a little bit. And to boot, we even had a little mixed precipitation at Toledo Express Airport, but no mixed precip at least yet as of this broadcast taping. Uh, As of about, uh, well, 1.35 in the afternoon, that's when I'm sitting down here in the Weather Jazz Studios to bring you the follow-up to what we began on Open Line Friday. But one more note before we go there, let's talk a little bit about those big, big changes. Scott Sable, our morning meteorologist and very frequent guest here on Weather Jazz, put out some interesting stats. He went digging through the archives for the month that had the highest number of changes, weather changes in terms of temperature, changes that went above 30 or 40 degrees difference, both from uh, the afternoon high standpoint on the warm side to the cold side and vice versa. And what he found was truly fascinating. It is the month of, yeah, you probably guessed it, March. March has the greatest number of those wild deviation changes out of any month in the calendar year. Number two, Probably not a surprise that April is the second and very, very close to the month of March. And aside from that, the rest of the 10 months, the number of times that that happens really drops off significantly. And that's even in the transitory period in the fall, September, October, November, because then the changes tend to occur on a much more gradual basis. 
as opposed to spring when some of those warm temperatures want to jump in. And of course, winter is battling it out for geographic dominance. And also, that's one of the primary reasons for the uptick in severe weather. And one more note before we take a short break is severe weather this weekend, certainly very notable, especially on Saturday. In Iowa, this weekend in particular, on Saturday, 37 tornadoes, most of which occurred in the Hawkeye State, Iowa. There were a couple, one in southern Wisconsin. I see one looks like near West Lafayette, Indiana. That's about it. And the following day, they all pushed south. We had a handful of tornadoes reported in Arkansas, northern Arkansas, on Sunday. And so the atmosphere can get rather ornery at this time of year. Well, I certainly am glad that right now that this is an audio podcast. Now, periodically, I do release a video of uh, maybe an interview that I have done with someone in particular, and and they're very well received. In fact, uh, the ones from Iceland with Gunnar and with Jon Jonsson and with others, Hilda Jones, um, produced a lot of views, close to a thousand views in a very, very short period of time. But it's on days like today that, and I'll paint you a, a visual picture here, but I'm not going to do it visually. It's on days like today that I'm producing just an audio podcast that I'm glad it's just audio. I just uh, get back from working out. I typically have a good workout routine uh, early in the week, mostly on Mondays and Thursdays, but can occur uh, at other days, but at least twice a week. And uh, I have yet to pop myself in the shower for the television hours coming up. So I still have my workout gear on here in the Weather Jazz Studios. And uh, well, I'm about to finish up and get this podcast episode up and running. But one more thing before I take that break, and then, of course, we'll get into part two of our conversation with Paul Purek from Friday. One more note uh, for those of you who might be in the Kirtland, Ohio area on Sunday morning. Just recently, I started as interim pastor of New Promise Church in Kirtland. And in my first two weeks there, we've had a number of visitors stop by. It was fantastic to get to shake their hands and to meet people and to hear their stories. And so if you are in the Kirtland, Ohio area or would like to take a drive up to Kirtland, look up New Promise Church. They have a website, newpromisechurch.com. You can also look at the archive messages because this recent Sunday, guess who introduced me from Lakewood Ranch, Florida, the one and only Bill Martin. Those of you in Northeast Ohio know that that is a well-loved, now retired former television news anchor from Fox 8. And he introduced me from Lakewood Ranch, Florida via the big screen. And that was a whole lot of fun. So go check it out when you have a chance at newpromisechurch.com. Better yet, on a Sunday morning, if you want to take a drive up to Kirtland, head up to Chardon Road, Route 6, just east of Route 306 by one mile, New Promise Church. It's really a gorgeous place. Would love the chance to meet you. Service time is at 1030. 
every Sunday. Incidentally, I won't be there this coming Sunday since we have a special guest by the name of Zach Ray, but I am back in the pulpit on March the 20th, March 20th, and certainly well beyond. I'm already planning things out into the month of May. All right, we've got a great rest of the conversation coming up with Paul Purick. Coming up in just a little bit, uh, he is the gentleman from Southern Connecticut and a very well-beloved, now retired from television, meteorologist from News 12, whose newest career takes him into the classroom where he gets to spread his love for earth science. Good stuff. Don't go away. We'll be right back. And we're back. And it's time now to finish the conversation that I started with Paul Peorek, meteorologist from Southern Connecticut, now science and earth science teacher extraordinaire. Well, one of the advantages, I would imagine, uh, it would be that instead of having to be inside of a studio and telling people about it uh, on television, whether it be severe weather, whether it be a hurricane, whether it be a snowstorm, Instead of being stuck in a studio, you can now be outside actually experiencing it again. How is that aspect? Is, is that a, one of the positives? It most certainly is. And I'm sure you know the feeling. Uh, you know, shortly after a News 12 moved their operation, we had a major snowstorm in January. And I can recall being just thrilled to death like that, you know, an 11-year-old. You know, knowing the snow mm-hmm. was coming and just can't wait because it was coming late in the evening, early at night, and just staying up by the window and knowing, A, I didn't have to go to work the next day because there was most likely no school, which is a thrill in itself. But B, I could, I could go out into the elements and be a part of it. And you know, Andre, after doing this all these years and doing it oh so well for Cleveland and the Weather Channel, among other TV stations, we do miss that. We miss being out in the elements during major storms. And in, in 11 and 12 and 13, there were three major storms back to back, back three straight years. We had our Irene in 2011. We had a Sandy in 2012. And then we had the snowstorm that, you know, I'll never forget. We had just a little over, a little more than three feet of the snow, February 8th, mm. 2013. So, Three straight years, we had uh, weather events that I'll never forget, where I was living at the studio, sleeping at the studio. You know the feeling, where you never get out into the elevator to enjoy it. Uh, you're there, and back then, obviously, you're doing uh, you're you're doing everything. You're multitasking. You're updating the the, the viewers on the, the the news page on online. You're updating the the station's Facebook page, the Twitter page. Um, you're getting your graphics updated, getting the snow totals in. You're doing everything. Time goes by like that, but you don't necessarily have the opportunity to enjoy it and be out in it. And that's mm. certainly one thing that that I missed during those years. Yes. And during that time period, uh, you, like myself, have seen a ton of changes in the world of media where it seems like you're doing twice, three times, four times the work with fewer staff members. Um, And that's taxing. Uh, You know, we can do it because of the love that we have for meteorology, but um, 
that's an aspect that um, I don't think anybody could have anticipated 20, 30 years ago. No, and that's a that's a great point, Andre. You know, over the past 10 or 15 years, how how different it is as opposed to, say, you know, 20 years ago, where now we're doing a number of different uh, media avenues. Back then, we didn't have to do that. We basically went on the air. And, you know, back then, we would go on the air maybe once an hour or twice an hour. It got to the point where, you know, in the morning newscast, we were on the air every eight minutes. And mm-hmm. just taking your your microphone off and sitting down and you heard coming up next, the weather. And I just took my microphone off <laughs> and I don't have to do anything else. And again, you're well-versed in this. I, I think the demand is very taxing, especially if we have a storm uh, where there's so much to do and very little time in which to do it, where it can wear you out and burn you out. And I'm sure you know the feeling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that keeps us going would be the, the love for meteorology, the love for science. Um, if it weren't for that, I think I would have been out of the business a decade and a half ago. Uh, but uh, the love of meteorology and the love of telling people about it and how to tell people about it pretty much keeps us going. Um, you know, who, who knows how long I have in, in my career at, at this stage, I have uh, a, a very focused schedule. Uh, I do the 5 and the 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm watching, for instance, our morning show guy. I used to be the morning guy. Mm-hmm. We used to have one hour, 6 to 7, and then we had cut-ins at 7.25 and 8.25 because we were CBS before switching to Fox. But now... Um, the morning show begins at 4 a.m. and it ends at 10 a.m. It's a six-hour morning show. And you're right. It, it was for us, too, because we were Channel 8. Weather is every eight minutes. And, uh, <laughs> and you'll never yeah. forget that. And, you know, along those lines, I'm glad you mentioned that, Andre, because when the morning show uh, began for us back in 95, I was offered the opportunity to go from evenings to mornings and I mm-hmm. jumped at it thinking, gee, I'll be home early and I'll have the rest of the day off. You know, that's not the way it works. You know, you're working there, as you know, hour after hour after hour. But initially, uh, we would be on the air from 6 a.m. back in 95 mm-hmm. until 8 a.m. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Do the cut-ins every half an hour, a one or 90 second, one minute or 90 second weather update. And that was, you know, fairly easy. But as the years went on, we now pushed it back to 5 a.m., the beginning time, then 4 a.m. And then if we had a major storm, you know, we'd go out at 3.30, which <laughs> you'd have to get up at 1 o'clock or 12.30. Right. And, and you know, again, that, especially if you have bad weather uh, and, and you're raising a family, as you know, you know the feeling when you're raising a child or children um, and you're having to get up at that little after midnight for a major storm, um, there were days where I came home and I just could not keep my eyes open. I was so tired that it hurt. Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember, remember those days. And uh, you have adopted uh, some some kids. Tell us a, a little bit about your family. Well, you know, but that, um, you know, I, I like you, I fell in love with my career and mm-hmm. love doing the weather. I love being on the air. I love doing the radio. You know, back in the day, Andre, the dive backs maps, analyzing those, and they would come out one one line at a time, and you couldn't wait to get the update for, 
you know, what the, what the forecast was going to be. You know, so I, I lived, just lived for weather, lived for science, lived for what I was doing. And uh, back in the mid to late 90s, uh, I got home one day from work and I saw as I was scanning the newspaper, back then we read newspapers, <laughs> uh, scanning where it said, would you like to become a parent? And um, I turned the page and went to the sports and I'm reading the sports and something, something hit me where, go back to that ad again. So I went back to the previous page. It said, call this number. Uh, long story short, um, I have successfully uh, raised and adopted two children from the state foster care uh, system, uh, one of whom is a United States Marine. And mm. so very proud. His name is Eric. Um, he moved in when he was nine. And Andre I was doing the morning weather back then. And you can imagine trying to raise a child you know, at nine years of age and also getting up at one thirty or two in the morning and doing this on my own was not easy. I would have to have this right. come in, obviously, in the mornings. Uh, and the first child was Billy, who I adopted back in 02, if, I, if I'm correct. And now he's a chef at a, a beautiful restaurant in Westport and loving that. So, you know, they, they are their successes in their own right. And they've made me very proud. They often say, Dad, you made us proud. And I say, no, it works the other way around. You know, you, you have made me so very proud. And my United States Marine and I are on the phone every weekend and going down to his graduation, Paris Island, South Carolina was the highlight of my life. And I nothing mm. ever, ever, ever top that. Well, congratulations, really most and foremost, not on your career, which is certainly very stellar, but the fact that you successfully navigated the world of uh, raising two wonderful children and passing along quite a legacy. They are your legacy, aren't they? They certainly are. And mm -hmm. uh, they make me very proud. And uh, every day, you know, uh, when my older son gets home from uh, being a chef, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get dinner ready. I don't have to worry about a thing. He'll get the dinner ready in the kitchen, which is great. The weekend, the phone will ring. It's Eric. He's out at the, at the Marine base. We're on the phone for a good hour or two. How are things going? So, you know, we, we, we became a family in a very different way. Um, but we are a family just like any other family. Mm. Well, Paul, as we wrap things up for this go around, I hope this is the first of many conversations. You're welcome to come on Weather Jazz absolutely anytime. You just let me know if there's something, hey, I've got a great topic. Hey, I've, I've got this going on. I think this would be uh, interesting for Weather Jazz listeners. Won't you come back anytime? I would love to. And one of the reasons why I'd love to be back is to hear that theme music again. I love the theme music. <laughs> I will be sure to send that to, to you, what we call in the business, a clean copy. So you don't have to listen to, to me talking over it. Oh, I would love it. Andre, <laughs> it is always a pleasure. I respect, I admire you for not only the work that you've done all these years. I still remember that very first day you were on the Weather Channel back in 82. And well, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. correctly, um, it was you and Bruce Edwards who were the first mm -hmm. anchors on the Weather Channel uh, back in 1982. And I'll never forget that. That is uh, still on YouTube today and people can still call it up. And I look at that going, that was me? Boy, look at all that hair. Look at all that curly brown hair. <laughs> it's not curly and it's not brown anymore. But yeah. uh, I... All good, and life is very good. Oh, and it is. You, you and I are very much rounded in faith, and that's our anchor. And we are very, mm -hmm. you know, very, we're very lucky to have done 
what we have done all these years and do it well. God placed us on this earth at a very specific time. And I thank him every day for thank, for placing me on this earth when he did and where he did uh, because of uh, the passions that he gave me. And the fact that before time, this episode was already on the Lord's mind. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said a moment ago, Andre, not to belabor the point, but uh, you said it so beautifully and eloquently. It is gratitude. And we give gratitude every day for, as you said, being placed on this earth at a certain time with the people that we've met, with those that we've uh, loved over the years, and to do what we enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. We are very, very grateful. And we, we have to give that gratitude every day. Paul, great to have you on Weather Jazz. And again, uh, I hope this is the first of many, many, many times. So uh, you let us know if there's something going on. We'll get you right into the queue. I hope so. If there's some weather going on up in New England, I am there for you. I am so thrilled that you had the opportunity to get to know Paul Peorek as much as I know Paul. What a wonderful gentleman. And the very fact that he has taken such a great love for meteorology, for earth science, and the sciences in general to essentially elevate other young minds to a love of science because you just never know, because you just never know who it is you have sparked an interest and a career choice that will take maybe the next person and form them to become the next astronaut, well-known astronaut or scientist or a developer of some new science gizmo that we have yet to appreciate. And you know, it's interesting that when Paul and I were speaking, I told him that I often get the question, well, if you weren't a television meteorologist, what would you be? And my number one answer would have been a school teacher because I love to spark interest in those things that I love. And that would be science, earth science, meteorology, that kind of thing. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word, social media, email, word of mouth, any way you can. Let folks know whether jazz is something that you appreciate and listen to. And I'm always waiting to hear from you. I've got a couple of ways that you can drop me a line. One is by email. My email address is weatherjazz at yahoo.com. Also, via the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, you can give me a voicemail. 234-525-5888. Please note, I read and or listen to every single email and voicemail that comes in. But the volume is getting to the point where I can't answer each one individually. I try to. When I have a quiet day, I'll try to bang out as many responses as I can. But do know that if you took the time to write or to call me, I will personally receive that and listen to it or in the case of email read it well coming up on wednesday science wednesday we will continue in uh, the same line of thought and that would be exploring our solar system but we're going to take a little bit of a break if i can arrange an interview you may have remembered a little bit ago i had john talbot on he is a retired air force Hurricane Hunter, and now in Alabama, 
enjoys astrophotography. John and I went to college together at Linden State College in Northeastern Vermont. And I told him that I'd love to have him back on to talk about what it takes to get into astrophotography. So it's along the same lines, that being astronomy and that kind of thing. And so if you've always had an interest in starting to snap some photos of the sky, John will probably be a very, very good resource. And hopefully I can arrange to have him back on in just a couple of days. Now, if I'm not able to do that, we will do something on the solar system again. We'll pick an object and we'll have some fun with it and looking at its oddities and curiosities in our very own astronomical backyard. Hope you have a great Monday. Certainly not as warm as it was this week yet, but don't worry. Those days are coming back eventually. Remember, at least Northeast Ohio does receive 10 inches of snow on an average March. So anytime you hit 70 or higher, it's a bonus day. And we were near record on Sunday. Nothing close to that, at least in the near term. But we'll keep looking out for it. And we will let you know right here on Weather Jazz. Have a great Monday. Weather and science across the globe. Jack!